0: Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast. It's Reclaimed Audio
1: with your hosts, Bill Pinsky, Bill Roots, and Tim Sway. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode Well, this is a scary one. 99 for September 27th, 2017. This week's top Patreon supporters are Make Build Modify, Stu Morrison. The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta, Scott Turner, Greg Mead, Chad Grossclaws from Mancrafting, Shane Bronson, Keith Decent, Rory May the Dirty Smith, Ryan Ridgely from Barn Rat Studio, and Jeff Shaw. Who is? What are you guys doing? I just want to, to legit point to quit. Out,
2: as we're at episode 99, yes. I want to point out that of our 99 episodes that we've done together, I guess there was actually one of them I missed. But my two favorite episodes are numbers 41 and 43.
1: <laughs> that okay. is a Mine's tremendous better. reference to the pre-show.
2: <laughs> and we're going to leave gonna look it back at that. I'm going to look back real quick and see what those episodes were. They're like yeah. the ones I'm not on. <laughs> I was
0: going to say, wasn't there a Beatles no. um, album where the the recording went 99? Yeah. 99. The white album. Yeah. 99. Was that what it was? Yeah. So we're kind of like, no, we're that like the night, Beatles. We're like the Beatles. Yeah, Yeah, that's
2: what we're like. It was just number nine, though, I think is what they were saying. Dibs
1: on Paul. No. No, wait, you're definitely John. Left-handed. That's but,
2: irrelevant. And I'm okay hardly. with Ringo.
1: I don't know you what's are, wrong with Ringo. Ringo's awesome. I don't know. You're kind of pretty Georgie. Really? Who? Who? Bill is definitely George. How I am I George?
2: I, How I, are I, you Ringo. Listen, we're going to have to break up or just start making studio albums. Because I like the name. Because I'm not agreeing with this. Yoko, honey, what do you think? Yeah, Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: So Where were we
0: on our podcast?
1: We're doing that? All right, let's do that. Uh, What are we working on, my my British bandmates? Uh, Let's do uh, Tim first.
2: What are Uh, you working on? Oh, I haven't been working on anything because I just got back. From my week-long excursion to Michigan, Grand Rapids, Michigan for Art Prize, um, it was a, a fantastic experience. So, so we're doing we're doing tiny little golf claps right now. Yeah, yeah Bill is doing. That's what that is. It's golf claps um, because he doesn't want me to lose focus on the putt that I'm making right now. But <laughs> but it was a it was a fantastic experience. We uh, we rented a pickup truck and um, and drove it out there in a crate. Um, it, my, uh, you know, my wife Gwen and my son Vance came with me. Madeline was at college, so she couldn't. And uh, we, you know, spent five days in Michigan. Uh, on our way up, we got to see Dave Pachudo and, and pop in. And I saw his old shop and his new house, and had uh, to hang out with Dave a little bit. And uh, it was just uh, there's so many so many wonderful experiences. And just to go into the city, and I got there the day before it started. And it's a, it's you know on the East Coast, you cities are very stressful and fast. And hectic, and and midwestern cities aren't like that, you know. They're a little, uh, you can you can actually parallel park on the street without you know risking getting shot. <laughs> you know? It's like what? Little, that must be nice. It's weird, you know, a little more relaxed. You know? right. And uh, it was just beautiful. And then watching the city fill up, and there's like literally art in the water. There's you know, it was just a really um, fantastic, fantastic experience. I got to drive back. Uh, we took our time coming back, and we we spent uh, two nights driving back instead of just one um we got to go to the cleveland uh, i i'd never been to the rock and roll hall of fame that was i loved going there wow. i was a little skeptical i thought it might just be like a glorified hard rock cafe or something but it was actually like i actually was emotional there like uh, more times than i care to admit you know don't forget i was a musician for a long time and uh and i kinda, oh we don't
0: we never forget that
2: you know you can tell by my trumpet playing <laughs> but uh it was a, a really wonderful experience to to see and then there's a lot you know there's like you know, you're like, oh, so and so's guitar, and like me as a like, I'm like, oh my god, that's so. Like I was like a little like fanboy, like like looking at like details of these guitars and and uh, and stuff. It was it was really neat. Yes, Bill.
0: I, I'm just so when when you're emotional and you're appreciating that 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 place, you're saying, I'm you know, I'm just a fanboy. It's it's amazing. It's beautiful. But when I do it to you, I'm stalking.
2: i i did see a lot of green kias on the highway and i got a little nervous (laughs) Uh, that's too funny uh it was it was really it was really neat the the whole trip was was um was just fantastic the bosch people were great um it was it was uh it was amazing i mean i could i could sit and talk about it for the whole podcast i'm trying to just not and like sum it up you know uh, oh, and I got to see um, Lake Michigan. I'd never been to Lake Michigan before. We Vance and I went out in the water and stuff, and and uh, so that was great. It was hot, so we were able to kind of go in the water and cool off. It was, uh, yeah, it was just a just an amazing, amazing experience. And I'll I'll be posting a video on my channel soon of the final culmination build of the piece, the mm-hmm. sculpture that I brought out there. And I'm also putting together. I'm going to try to put together a little kind of vlog type video. Where, that would you know, be I awesome. Ran the camera on the road a little bit. And I walked around Art Prize and. And just, you know, I just basically had the little GoPro in my hand. I just walked around just just shot film. I have no idea if it came out or not. We'll see. That would be sweet. That would be sweet. Bill, what are you, uh, what are you working on?
0: Uh, well, like Tim. Okay, not like Tim. Only, well, like Tim, I did nothing. Um, exactly. But not like Tim because there was a purpose. At work, we have an annual open house at the airport. And last week was just extremely hectic preparing for that and – I didn't feel like doing anything, but I decided on – I'm going to bring a pallet home and start with a fresh pallet and make a guitar stand, but I want to do it – I was telling you, Phil, I want to do it when Tim was busy playing with his two Um, Wi-Fis. I want to do it in a way (laughs) – I want to make a guitar stand in a way that if you kind of look at it, you can – tweak it a little bit and make a shelf or a shoe rack or something. So, you know, it, 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 kind of a universal stand that I think people get the gist of the build will be able to utilize it in other ways. Bearded Dragon, haven't done that in a while. How about you, Phil?
1: You definitely have not done that one in a while. Uh, let's see, what have I been working on? Um, I got a uh, a rush order for a whiskey box, like, on Thursday. that That's going to be on <coughs> in, Instagram, yeah. Yeah. So and then I ripped through it like just as fast as I possibly could to overnight it today for it to get to Bend, Oregon. It's going to be in some commercial for really this distillery out there. Yeah, that was really cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I am um, working with uh, Miles Craft. We uh, we locked down a contract together, so they sent me a whole big bunch of product that I'm going to be um, doing as part of a build video. Uh, so that was cool. Um, I'm doing a video for, um, Harvey tool. They sent me a bunch of CNC tools. Um, so I'm going to be doing a video with that. Um, I did, actually didn't get a chance to play with them because, uh, I needed a reducer to get down to, they sent me eighth inch tools and my collet is quarter inch. So I had to wait for the reducer to come in before I could do anything. And it just came in today. I actually sent out a, a tweet to Inventables upset that I was charged $20 for a $5 tool to be shipped over to me and the call it is like it's as big as half your pinky and they sent it in this massive monstrous envelope and like what that. why would you do this it's so ridiculous so anyways i you know what i would have rather they charged me 10 bucks and then charged me like $5 shipping like that would have at least made sense to me $5 like good okay great deal on this thing i just need its tiny little part that reduces and then 20 okay i guess you got me by the you got me by the got me's, I guess. Um, so, th- anyways, I'm happy to have it. I just thought that was kind of like, it felt ridiculous.
0: Now, would it matter who sent it to you? Is that how much shipping is or is that just, they're just throwing that cost on you because it's costing them?
1: I, I think they inflated that price a little bit well, and I it, also think it's It
0: costs
2: $13.50 to ship. Ask me how I know. <laughs> that's, yeah, exactly. that's kind of the going rate to ship out of the United States to another country for something that's, you know, under a pound you know, but more than a letter. This, but that's, this is that to be less than a quarter ounce. That could have gone in an envelope. That would have counted if you because an envelope can hold like four or five pieces of paper folded up. Yeah, um, and so technically that would be a little bit thicker. But I don't think any postman would be like, "Oh, well, this this is a call it." <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? and, it's a, and that's a buck twenty.
1: Yeah, that's that's what I think it should have hmm. cost. Anyways, I like not that I want to be some kind of a zealot for post rates or anything. I do I just sort of got it. It took eight days to get. And I was like, "Why would you?" And not even from a cost perspective, just from a wastefulness perspective.
2: Right. Like this <clears throat> massive
1: envelope, you know. Anyways, so I
2: get I get so angry. But I just bought a um a a piece of that brush to make a dust collection for my CNC. And it's three yeah. feet long, uh, quarter inch wide, and three inches tall. Right. So you can get a picture of it. it's almost like a yardstick, basically, of just this plastic base. And it, you know, it's a few bucks, and they put it in a box that was. Eighteen and a half inches long, by nine and a half inches wide, by five and a half inches tall, and they bent it in a circle and they put it in this box, and it came to me damaged. So I wonder why because it was bent over, like yeah. you know this whole thing. And so I wrote to them. I sent them a picture of how it was shipped, and I was like, really? I was like, you know, this is it was on eBay, so I'm like, we got to do better than this. Like you're sending this and it's broken, and um, and so they're like, okay, you know, we'll send you another one. Don't bother mailing that back. Just keep it. Yeah, of and, course. Um, because, you know, it was a $7 piece of plastic, you know? Yeah.
0: Right.
2: So they sent me another one. Same box, same pack. I just got lucky it wasn't broken in there.
1: Okay. Well, I guess you got twice as much. Still ridiculous. dollars
2: worth of cardboard. <laughs> yeah. Know? I mean, exactly. this is ridiculous. Yeah.
0: Well, well, since we're talking about, and I think, Tim, you had your rant last week about the U.S. Postal Service. Yeah, I'm ready for another one because I, the other <coughs> thing that
2: has been going on this weekend, to, if you don't mind me jumping in real quick, is um I launched the Square. And, uh, and it's been just thank you everyone so much for your your support. It's been amazing, just absolutely amazing to watch uh, this this prototype product go out and the responses and and uh, I'm gonna put a little short follow up video on my YouTube channel. Just I want to just address some things. Um, but it's been amazing. But like the biggest complaint people have is that I, I just can't ship it outside of the United States without it being ridiculous. It cost me three dollars to ship it to anyone you know in the U.S. You know Puerto Rico or Hawaii, but Phil in you know canada which is a little bit closer than most of the u.s puerto Rico, it's uh 13 dollars and 50 cents it's just it's just ridiculous you know yeah
0: Hmm. what were you gonna say bill well i was gonna say um it just reminded me that i just mailed out i I talked to you guys last week about the uh, guitar i made for aspen Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i wanted to give kirk fry and dan robbins again a shout out kirk fry gave me the piece of rosewood veneer, mm. the Brazilian rosewood. And uh Dan gave me a big chunk of walnut and I used the last of that uh for the neck and the rosewood I did the veneer for the top of the guitar, cigar box guitar. And then I said I was gonna send the rest of it to Kyle Toth and I did. So I mailed oh, cool. that off today. Awesome. Right? I texted Kyle hey man can I send you that? You know you you're the one that brought it to my attention that it's a beautiful piece of you know rare stuff. And uh he was all excited about it. So I told him it's only like five by Fourteen or whatever—it's not a very big piece. He's oh man, that's actually a big piece. This is great, so he's excited. But as you were talking about how to ship it, so now I basically did the same thing that Kirk did when he shipped it to me—is I put it, I sandwiched it between two pieces of cardboard mm. and just taped the crap out of it. Right. And three bucks. Yep.
1: Yeah, that's what it mm. should cost. That yep. makes sense.
0: Yeah. It was like it was kind of like a, an extended, a fat envelope, basically. You know, here's here's another
2: thing about mailing stuff that I learned that might be useful. To other people that do this type of stuff, like maybe like because I you know I had this Etsy store for a long time and I make all sorts of weird things and they're not universal and they're odd shapes and and um, always make your packages if you're mailing well first off the postal service even though I have my complaints about their international shipping the postal service is always the cheapest way almost always the cheapest way over the sure. other private companies and um, the other thing is is that they 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 penalize you for certain things they can they if it's too big and doesn't weigh enough that's like a problem well that's more freight really. Um, yeah. but it's, uh, don't, if like, if you have something and you can kind of make like a triangular shaped box to save space, they'll penalize you for that. They'd rather have the big rectangle, make them as rectangular and as square as possible. Um, the oddball shapes, they, there's like all these penalties for it. So like if you have a, stand. if you have a snare drum, don't wrap it in a, in a, in a hat box that's round, like put it in a square box or it'll actually cost you more to ship it in a round box.
0: Now I, I can speak to that a little bit because I used to be a furniture mover and that was the same thing we would tell people. It's like. If you can, put everything in square boxes because it's just for freight, Stacks. for shipping, yeah. to put it right. I mean, to get it in a truck and make it all fit actually better. It's like Tetris. Mm-hmm. It'd be a lot easier Literally. if they were
1: all squares. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Right. Uh, let's see here. What else am I working on? Um, oh, were
0: you still working on <laughs> stuff? Yeah, I was, uh, I was, I was working weird. on stuff.
1: <laughs> Before we decided to rip on mail. Um, and another thing. Yeah, exactly.
2: What's the deal with Oval Ovaltine?
1: <laughs> hey, that was my gag. <laughs> uh I guess that's pretty much it. I'm working on a bunch of videos, putting them out there. Um I was doing this all hand tools video and I got derailed by this whiskey box, so I've got to get back on that. Um I'm, and the, I'm
0: looking forward to that. That's gonna be exciting.
1: Yeah, it's it's uh it's a lot of work, surprisingly. What? You know? I know. <laughs> I know you know
0: what I found though, Phil. Seriously, to help you out, and it, it's it's more mental than anything. Um, but it is, it is in a way, it's in its own way, it's it's kind of like upcycling. But if you take an old power cord and just kind of tape it to the end of your handsaw,
1: mm-hmm.
0: plug it in, you can pretend like it's you know powered, and it, it'll just make you feel better,
2: hmm. or that you is- can use your skill saw without plugging it in and just move it back in, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just use the power of abrasion. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen yeah. that? There's like that little uh, YouTube clip. Of it. It's like a, I guess for camping. It's like a chainsaw blade, basically. That just it's just loose, so you have like these two handles, and you just go to a log and. Yeah. That looks like a really really useful tool.
1: Yeah, that's like a garotte, right? Like one of those, uh, like a no, choking it's cable. nothing
0: like that. It's, it's not like, it's it's not like, like a garotte. No, you're, the one you're thinking of is a is a. Uh, a, a steel wire with nicks in it. Yeah, that's to, like a saw, a camping saw. But he's talking; yeah. it's actually like a, a chainsaw blade with two handles on it. I might, you or, know what? I might make so, one. Some, a that, chainsaw is the, blade. that is the thirteenth note. <gasps> what, what about a garrot out of a chainsaw blade?
1: That's what I always thought. That's what that's what it was. That's what made sense to me.
0: Yeah, uh, garrot's more of a steel wire. Yeah, no, yeah. The, isn't that like
2: what the like the entendron villain right. used to like yeah. decapitate people yeah like but it's also wire.
0: it's also like a uh, what do they call it like an emergency boy scout thing almost it's a it's a piece of steel wire it's got little nicks in it and if you put a stick on either end of it you can use it to saw with right right and it folds up like fishing line yeah this thing
2: though you didn't need the stick <laughs> you just grab it with yeah. two hands and you just you just pull on it. So it's like it's like if you took a shoelace and you wrapped it around a, a tree branch and you pulled on it and you slid back and forth left to right, but it right. has a blade on the inside of it. So it just cuts it right off. And Because hmm. uh, I've been thinking about like buying, Along with your fingers. Yeah. Well, if your fingers get in the way, sure. Um, but uh, if you put little like, you know, it just makes them a little flexible handle on it, you know, some kind of little steel cable. To answer your question, thing. Tim, no, I have not seen that. Okay.
0: Yeah. Right, like, so what are you working okay, on, Phil? Let,
1: let's pretend that's everything I'm working on and move right along. Uh, before
0: we get into it, though, we, I, I do want—I have something. It's a fun story I want to share. Um, so Sears, what they're sold to Black and Decker, the Craftsman brand, whatever, right? Yeah. I've been getting an onslaught of emails from Sears say, 50%, blah 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 blah. You've got so many points. But anyway, there's a Sears by my house. I haven't been there in quite a while. Casey was at work. It's Sunday. Wanted to get out of the house, so I went to Sears. So while I was there, it's like, oh, there's a glue gun. It's on sale. That's great. I need a glue gun. The one I have is crap. Uh, It doesn't fit universal sticks. It's a yellow tool actually, and I threw it away because only yellow tool glue sticks fit in it, which are such a minor. Don't get me started. Anyway, I know. But anyway, so I I know. But I got, so I got a glue gun. That's great. And then, you know, we were talking recently about all the uh, steel rules or the aluminum rules. I have the 36-inch one, and then both Tim and I have a T-square that doesn't have the T. And then there's, I do have a little T. Anyway, here's a 24-inch metal or aluminum rule for cheap. I'm like, I don't have a 24-inch. I grabbed one of those. And then they had a big sale on a new set of screwdrivers, three Phillips, three uh, flathead, different sizes, for like 19 bucks, regularly a thousand because it's craftsmen with diamond tips or whatever, but it was 1999. I'm like, this is awesome. So I go stand in line. There's this lady making all kinds of noise because she, in the shoe department an hour ago, bought a pair of shoes and a size 10 and a size 11 shoe were in the box. It should have been just 11. And of course, that's why she's in the tools department throwing a hissy fit. So anyway, finally, finally, I'm like, Oh my gosh, is this even worth it? a glue gun, a ruler and some screwdrivers? But, they just got me up to the counter before I was going to put my items back and leave. So I get to go, we're going to pay for this thing. Can we have your phone number? So, of course, you know, I gave them my phone number because I have the, the whole rewards thing and everything. So, okay, you've still got $3 left on your rewards. Thank you.
1: Wow. Nice. So, wait, you walked away with that stuff for free?
0: Well, Gee. no. I mean, I've spent probably $30,000 to get $40 <laughs> worth of points. But, yeah. yes, it was kind of cool. So After free. all that standing in line, I, I – they gave me. They used my rewards points that I didn't know I had. Forty. It was forty-five total. I had forty-eight dollars in rewards points, so I still had three dollars in rewards points. Well,
1: what but are you yeah. doing here? I'd be back I at know. Uh, Sears. Oh, yeah.
0: trust me. They had this little box of gadgets on the counter that I'm thinking. You know, I got three bucks here. Should I do another transaction and piss off the people behind me that have been listening to this lady going crazy? No, yeah. I decided to do walk the higher road, which leads us right into our topic. Go.
1: That was. <clears throat> Probably Horrible one of your weakest segway. segues ever. That was,
2: <laughs> not, I don't even, that was I don't even like, know what our topic is anymore that after that some, segue. Yeah. That was, that
1: was a lightweight segue. Um our topic is there is a season. And uh basically it's a nod to the old song, you know, to everything there's a season. But you know, as we uh, as we just crossed over from summer into fall, you know, uh we talked about or we we in you know, amongst ourselves we discussed the possibility of there being, you know, Uh, reclaiming for the different seasons? Do you do anything differently? Do you price anything differently? Do you maybe stock up on material because, well, not so much for Bill, but for Tim and I, the winter is coming, you know what I mean? So there's not too much stuff that's going to be out on the curb that's not going to be wet or too cold to get or I don't know. What do you think, Tim?
2: Maybe we should define the word season for Bill. Now, you see, there are parts of the world (laughs) (laughs) where it isn't 75 and sunny.
1: Every day of the year. <laughs> that's right. We don't count our seasons in days of sunshine.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah that one day it rained last month, that's not a season. <laughs> no. So hey, that's a good point. I have point. proof
0: of that, though. It was actually on the podcast. The yeah, the do. The yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right.
1: So, yeah. So, I mean, you know, for Tim and I, uh, well, not this week, but maybe closer to Thursday and Friday, this heat spell's supposed to break, and we're mm-hmm. going to go down to, wait, let me just quickly convert it, mid-60s. And uh and that's going to be nice because it's been mid 90s here uh for us and that's been that's been a
2: little crazy. I don't know what you just did there, but anyways. He he remembered to mute himself before popping his pop. Oh. Cap. He's he showing us thank how. Thank you for uh, that. Thank you. How for he was going to not interrupt the entire flow of the podcast by muting himself <laughs> and then making <laughs> <Neiman> the <laughs> biggest possible scene about it. But look how good of a job he's doing, not interrupting the flow of the podcast. Yeah, good job. Bill. Well, slam you. dunk.
1: Bill Lutz. So. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> God. <laughs> So, yeah, so I I personally, you know, uh, probably will stock up on some stuff now um, where before I was like, nah, I don't need to, you know, take up space putting a couple of pallets in the garage or taking a couple of pallets apart um, because I could just get them whenever I need them. But now with winter coming, I probably will take apart a few pallets to have some some slats available for any projects that I need or God forbid another whiskey box gets ordered. Uh, I don't know. What do you guys think?
2: I feel like there's an Aesop's fable about that. Isn't there like about a cricket the that doesn't...
1: Ant and the ant and the grasshopper, yes. Yeah. Hmm. Pretty much. Well, I guess, you know what, guys? Check out that story, that fable. Peace out.
2: All right.
0: What have right. you been watching? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's our podcast right there. No, but so, what about the right. pricing
1: thing? Because I think it's a no-brainer to like... If you're coming into the winter, you're going to stock up on stuff. But, but Bill brought up an interesting po- uh, point in the pre-pre-show where he said do you raise prices when the che- seasons change? And I kind of want to get you to elaborate on that a little bit.
0: Well, I was, I was wondering like, because obviously materials is harder to come by. So does that cause you to raise prices or, but the holiday season is also in winter time, which everybody has sales and you know, we like to celebrate Plaid Friday, not Black Friday. Um, but so do you lower prices? Do you raise prices? How does that affect you?
1: I don't, I don't change my prices. They are, they are what they are. I really am not into that sort of, Season seasonality of either raising or lowering, they just are what they are. I happen to get more orders during that time, which is great. But I don't, I don't, I don't know. Tim, do you change your prices?
2: No, absolutely not. I um, I I can think of a few rare occasions where I've done. I think it was Valentine's Day once that I make those um those pendant necklaces out of piano keys. And um, I think on Valentine's Day I was like, you know what, just for just for fun, I'm gonna do an Instagram only sale and sell them for like five bucks less, just to see what happens. You know. I did, that, I did that once, maybe twice I've done that in the, in the past. Um, but no, I don't, I, I you know, the, yeah, there are seasons. I do tend to think about um, stocking up in the past I have. This year, I don't know, I, everything's been such a blur for the past few months. Like right now I'm just sort of like taking it it's like, oh my God, it's like almost October, you know, what's going on for the last quarter of my, I don't even know what I'm doing for the last quarter of my year, if I need to worry about stockings, I don't know. But I would in the past, I would like try to stock up on smalls, you know. Mm-hmm in my Etsy's. That's all I do on my Etsy store now anyways. Um, and, you know, just maybe make a bunch of those piano key necklaces or make some pens or something and just stock up my store because I do get a little bit more traffic of that stuff. Um, this year, I don't know if I'm going to bother. Um, I've got some other things I might try. Do those sales those work good. for you on Instagram? No. I, I mean, I sold a few, which, and I made a couple of people very happy, uh, but there's a, there's a website called, or an app called Spreezy. And it's uh it's designed for you to sell in your social medias, and yeah, um, it's so it's like there's a cl- a code and you click on it and then it takes you to some web page and the checkout type process. Have um, you yeah. checked out Facebook Marketplace? I have not yet
1: because that is basically what you just described, except it's Facebook and it's based on uh, geography. So you set it for your geography and then, but it's really it's and it's image based, so it's kind of cool.
0: Mm. There's I'm, I don't know how I got into it, but yeah, there's um, I'm connected to one for just Northern California where it's it's all of our maker, but it, but it, it's an actual Facebook Marketplace thing for my geographic area. So I, yeah, I get You, just, you can just, all there's the time. a slider.
1: You just change yeah. it, right? Because you want it. Yeah, yeah. You don't want it to be hundred miles away. You want it to be five right. miles away. Right.
0: And what What about what you guys make? Does that change? Like, Phil, for you? I know your main cheese is, you know whiskey boxes but what about this time of year do you find yourself making gifts for people um do people you know family start requesting things for you tim does that what you make change for this time of year i mean like you can make large scale items in the summertime because you have it's warm but when you got to go out in your shop and it's you know what 150 below i don't understand that but (laughs) yeah it's close
1: yeah, you nailed it. Uh people tend to buy for Christmas more of the stepstools cuz there are kids and their are gifts and that kind of thing. Um uh, the whiskey boxes tend to do better like wedding season, so like March on. Um family doesn't really request things from me, thank goodness. Um Yeah. And what
0: about just for gifts? Do you do you find yourself making gifts for people?
1: I don't do it for a specific season like when something strikes me then I will like um I made this I made this, uh, this picture and picture frame in one with a toner transfer. I took a picture of it on, on Instagram a while ago. I made it for my father-in-law. It was a picture of, of uh, my father-in-law, my son, holding hands mm, from, from behind. And yes. So that sort of struck me as like a really meaningful gift. I made it and I gave it. I don't really sort of do the, the specific season of gift giving, not because I have anything against that. I just that's not sort of the way I, I do stuff
2: um i um Mr. I, I do try to make um i i try to make my anti-black friday you know uh build every year to, to encourage people to make things instead of just buying crap that they are going to throw away within a year you know um and so and i you know it's usually something i make for my son vance um you know like some kid's toy or whatever and so I just realized now, like that's something I need to start thinking about because that's going to creep up on me pretty soon. Um, yeah. And I like to make gifts for. Um, I don't. I really avoid. You know, my wife, of course, does some shopping because there are things that you just, you know, I I can't make flannel shirts. <laughs> so, but yes, um, yet, yeah, yeah. But uh, I um I try to make a gift for everyone. You know, like in my family, my immediate family, and uh, and whatnot. Uh, so that's that's definitely something. Um, and then as far as for the you know, the season, like because most of my work is, is commission based, it's I'm not really making it and hoping to sell it. So it's like you know, ideally would be like, Oh, I'll make all the big things in the summer and the small things in the winter. But if someone calls me in January and wants a dining table, well that's you know I, I have a big enough shop to where I can do that stuff inside. But I do think about that like uh, if I want to do something messy and I know it's getting cold out, like if I have just something I want to make for myself. Or for my family right. or for my YouTube channel or something, I'll I'll look at the calendar and be like, yeah, you know what, I'm not going to be able to do that soon. Or I'll be like, you know what, I've been wanting to, like in the past, like January after the the holiday season has slowed down, and I'm probably not going to have a lot of commissions. That's usually when I go like, okay, well, I'm going to you know make some guitars or I'm going to you know make you know something that I want to make to to better myself and my my craft and my you know my my journey. So mm-hmm. I do think
0: about that a lot, like because January tends to be slow. And, uh, I, so I it's more of the slow season than it is the winter season. It just happens to be they correlate.
2: Yeah, it just happens to be the January. You know, there's not a lot of shopping going on in January and February. Um, partly because of the weather, I do believe that plays a part, and also because of the, the post-holiday, you know, yeah. season. So that's a great time to to sort of don't you know. It's like okay, well, uh, you know, hopefully I made enough money, you know, from April to December of last year to cover these two months because these are the months that I'm gonna really dig into my craft a little bit and my you know creativity.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you guys notice that after tax season you get a jump, like when people get their returns, or is that not really a smaller retail thing? Mm,
1: I don't. I haven't seen that.
2: I, I my my business just isn't really big enough to notice things like that because it's really just me making. I don't. Right. I'm not super busy. I'm not like uh, like Izzy, you know, who's just like he's just like got you know just. Hundred ten percent all day, just going and making stuff. I'm, uh, you know, a lot of guys that we know um, in this world are just hustling, like you know Dan Hardy you just making beds and just you know cranking out furniture. And I'm not like that. Uh, I have very low overhead, um, and so I don't have to work that hard, you know. Um, and I'm really about exploring what I'm doing and, and finding jobs that I want to do, not just like cranking out product. I'm really, really lucky that I've been able to do that for I was a long say, time. That's that's
0: that's a blessing. It
2: hasn't always been like that. There's been times, and, and it, you know, now it's like I really probably need to start cranking stuff out again because I haven't been doing it much lately, um, you know. But uh, yeah, that's that's but you, really. But you
0: you put you got lucky and put you were put in a position to where the the whole summer season you had that lined up. It was taken care of. Uh, yeah, you I was getting, able to get I that
2: mean, exactly. I, that was very. Right. I mean, how often is you know as an artist, how often does that happen where you get, you know, a, a decent paying commission to just create art? Like that's, you know, the right. I don't know. I assume weekly, you know, you yeah, no, surprisingly, you know, that's you usually have to just like live in your parents' basement, you know, but huh. uh, <laughs> that's weird. Um, yeah. It's that's, so that was great. But now it's like, Oh, I have to like realities back. And yeah, I have to continue to, to run this business and, you know, see what happens. So this, this particular season for me is interesting because I'm coming off of the summer. That was like this, like oh I'm just in total creative mode and now I'm going to this this typically a high retail season and uh, all I really have lined up is I have two guitars that I might be making for customers and um, the the place where I brought my sculpture he wants me to make him some higher end like wooden board games you know like chess sets huh. and because cool. he thinks he can he, but I had to have them to him by November because he thinks he can sell them for the Christmas season so it's going to be on commission uh, which is always a little scary too. But uh, but it sounds like fun. I just thought it'd be a lot of fun to make a bunch of
1: games. So wait, you only get paid if he sells them? Yeah, yeah. That's consignment.
2: Consignment, I meant. Uh, yeah, that's what I meant. So yeah,
1: I was like, wait, what? Yeah, no, not commission. Yeah, so
2: uh, you know, it's a speculative, which I don't do too much of. Like, yeah, you know, so if he doesn't sell them, you just on, get them right? back. Yeah, yeah, I just mail them back. You know, right. So, but uh, hmm. but I like I like that situation of selling through a gallery better. Like in retail, you know, it's like it's like 100 markup. You know, yeah, basically. Um, but this is a gallery, so he doesn't work that way. He's working on a 35% markup, which I think is very reasonable and fair.
1: What does that line up being as far as mark? I don't know. I don't think in markup. I think in margin. I don't Which I don't is know. the opposite, right? So 100% markup is a 50% margin. You're just going from the selling price backwards. Right, right, right. Of, so,
2: well, so to be like a seventeen and a half, seventeen and, yeah. and a half percent 17.5% margin. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's not... No, that's, that's, that's very fair, and that's that's my yeah. biggest problem with retail. Like, and why I don't work in retail because you know I hate the idea if I make something that and, it, and I can sell it for a hundred dollars. If I put it in a retail store, it sells for two hundred dollars. That just just bums me out, man. It's like I feel like those people. But if I can make something for a hundred bucks and he can sell it for one hundred thirty-five, I'm okay with that.
0: Yeah, that's that's, so, that's, so that's so within ask, my
2: margin of of reason. Let me unintended. ask you this
0: then: Is the amount of uh? Uh, consignment does that change with the seasons or or is this just something new for you well this is new for me this is
2: um i just i there's a whole backstory behind it and stuff but this guy he's looking at my work he deals basically in art but he sells other things and he's trying to he's like you know paintings are great but he's like i want to sell product um he says i he was just like he, he has some of my guitars hanging up in there right now on Consignment, as well as my uh, another chessboard I made. He's just like, like, I think I can sell this stuff. He's like, it's not going to sell during our prize, but he's like, after our prize, I think I can sell this stuff. I think you can, if you make me more games, I can sell them in the Christmas. He's like, high end stuff. Um, he wants high end games, like a couple of high end games. He's like, I think I'm going to sell those better than the cheap ones. He's like, he's like, make some awesome high end games out of reclaim materials. Do your thing, make them original, make them unique, and let's see what happens. And so I'm like, all right, why not? I never tried that. I never tried dealing through a gallery before
1: you know. Yeah. So you're going to make chess just the chess boards, you're going to make the pieces as well.
2: Well, my plan is is to do uh I want to try and hit a couple different uh price ranges. So my plan is to have like at least one game that's just like spectacular. That's like the one mm-hmm. that's in the window that brings the people in the store that you know, will will be a very high-end item and then do a couple others, you know, a couple other like kind of levels of, you know, like um uh Chinese checkers or go. Um, right, you know, Othello, um, maybe uh, Cribbage, you know, just a couple, maybe even like a background yeah. board. Cribbage yeah. is an easy one. Your CNC can pump out six of them an hour. Yeah, but to do something unique with it. You know what I mean? That's the idea. Yeah. So it's, Make it, it we'll, out of we'll, the Ernestina. Well, what yeah, what will be unique is, yeah, it'll have a maritime theme and it'll be in a different shape, like it's the shape of a boat instead of the ass. You know what I mean? Well, I don't know. I haven't decided yet. but yeah. I've seen there's been a
1: lot of chess boards, on, not a lot. I saw two of them made entirely from scratch, including the pieces on Instagram. One was made by a dude named Ragan Bone. I don't oh, remember I know the other one. Um, but he had some – it was really cool what he came up
2: with. So check that out because – Well, if you the, Google search chessboards like custom chess uh, – There's sure. thousands. Of, it's one of yeah. those things that are just really fun to do. You know? Yeah.
0: So because that's actually in our maker community, chessboards has been done a few times too, as well as like I've seen a few oh, videos about Smith. people making them. Yeah, 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 yeah. So here's one. I, I, I'm not going to say it out loud because I might do this, but go to the thrift store, get a bunch of different types of these types of things to make your pieces out of. That'd be fun. Yeah. Right?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, That'd I get that. My, my, uh, well, then we did – on the TV show, we did the nuts and bolts one, which has been done right. – you see those on Etsy where people yeah. just basically assemble nuts and bolts, but we – we turned them. We had this guy turn them on a the lathe, the machinist, and he actually made the shapes on the lathe. And it was very yeah. time-consuming and laborious of that hardened steel, but uh, but it was awesome, you know. Yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> it is
1: cool. You could also do it out of corian, which would be really cool because you could turn it on the lathe, and it's soft, so you could do it with like a wood lathe.
2: Yep. Um, I was. Th- I had a couple ideas. Uh, what I want to do is find a minim- something very minimalistic, and so I've been looking at minimal- minimalist chess boards. Yeah. You know, just the, the the basic essence of the shapes. And, and then, so that's the one thing. And then the other thing I'm interested in is the material, you know, and yeah. it has to be reclaimed. I want to stay with that. So reclaim Corian.
0: Mm-hmm. Izzy just did something with Corian that I had not yeah. seen before is you can melt it. Yeah. How about doing a, a thin Corian with a minimalist shape that's melty kind of just like, mm. you know, all the ponds could be like little S shapes that stand up and the queen could be a little bit taller and, mm. That's Thank really you for
2: really demonstrating doing. taller. Yeah. Now we know what taller looks like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very elegantly. Yeah,
0: but yeah. So melting Corian into some organic shapes.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Do you have a line on some? I mean, that, that's just a bathroom sink, right? Some bathroom sink that's been thrown out.
0: Yeah. I, that's There's a cabinet Cabinet shops, I bet you would have small. Well, all those uh the de-
2: the deconstruction centers that were the. The carpenters bring the stuff instead of throwing it away. All those places that have them, yeah. yeah what is yep, it? Yep. Uh, the restore, right? Yep. Yeah, that's yeah. one.
1: Uh, yeah.
2: Hmm. You so know, my brother be was. Fun. Into- that, that might be, that fun. Would be a good gift.
1: Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. I think my, I would be interested in making one. Not necessarily I, to compete with you or anything. Maybe. And I, I can cut. Video. I can
2: it. cut this up with a wood saw, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That so was uh, get, uh, to get two of them. Get like a dark sink and a, and a light sink. You know. And then yeah. what if we made the chessboard in, the, in like a bowl shape? So it was like maybe it wasn't a rectangle or a square, rather it was a bowl. I, I think I think we're
1: back to our Star Trek
2: discussion about this is three. d Oh, I oh, believe 3D, me, I've been thinking about the tri chess. chess. Yeah, I've been thinking uh, about the, making a tri chess board too. Uh, that, I'm trying to understand it. I have, I don't even understand how it's played. Yet. I
0: don't think it's real. Because no, I, it is I, absolutely it is I,
2: real. There's all sorts of variants on chess. Yeah, Wikipedia. Uh, yeah, it's, you graduate yeah. from one level to the next. But, and then there, it, just, well, but then there's cool. the one that Star Trek played where they had the, the attack level, where the level yeah. would actually move.
0: Yeah. You know which one you want to impress me, Mr. Sway? Make the one like on the original Star Wars, where the little holograms go out <laughs> and actually <addictions in> battle.
1: <laughs> that Let bad. the Wookiee win. That would be wicked. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, All right, so one of so the last things I think we can talk about with Seasons, um, what about sourcing your materials? Because obviously you're not going to be driving around looking for barnwood when there's ten feet of snow outside. So, what different types of materials can you get? Where do you get it? What's better to get at what season?
1: Well, I mean, I feel like this is the ant and the grasshopper, right? The ant would be stocking up like now. Hmm. Um,
0: well, let's say you didn't stock up. If though. you
1: if you didn't stock up now, then at my office or my work or whatever, I could get pallets. I guess as right. many as I want. It's not really a problem. But usually on, like, garbage day or whatever, uh, you know, as I'm driving my kids to work, to school, i take a peekaboo and see what's what. You know, sometimes there's good stuff, and I would just grab it, whereas now maybe I don't because I feel like I'm fine.
0: Well, that and it's, you know, 80 below.
1: Yeah, but you know what I mean. We're As long as it's not, like, literally, like, minus 40, you know, and, you know, I can go out there and say it's not wet. So those are the two extremes, right? It's got to be cold well, enough that it's not wet, but then warm enough that, you know, the stuff's not so brittle because it's so cold
0: so so here's an honest question i don't know if you do find let's say you find an old coffee table or dining table it's maple or whatever it's broken it's on the curb but it's in a few feet of snow is that automatically a ruined or depending upon how cold and wet and all that whether or not the wood is any good
1: If it's cold enough it should be okay
2: Yeah, he, yeah, no, it's, it's when the snow starts to melt that it becomes water and like will absorb into the wood and start doing water damage. Yeah, cold snow. There's no, you can get pallets in the winter because they're still getting delivered. You know what I mean? So when there there can be piles of snow five feet up in the ground that have been plowed up and there'll be pallets on the top of that pile. Sometimes it's even easier to bend over. (laughs) You just put them right in your truck, you know? Um, Just sled it uh, home. It is, it is tougher though because everything is just, everything is just a bigger pain in the ass in the winter.
0: Well, (laughs) do prices go up? cuz you have a few stores that sell reclaimed materials that you get from, right? Do, do their prices go up during the winter season? And not that I've noticed uh if anything, I mean, yeah, they they
2: just want to they just want to sell it. They you know, uh I haven't I haven't been doing too much shopping lately either like cuz I was burning through my my stash and, and that is something. it's funny to bring this topic up because I probably should be thinking about this right now because I don't have my stash that I had for the past year.
0: It's it's pretty thin, but uh what about your deck? All that mahogany. I have, well, I have that. Or that whatever yeah, we discovered Kum, Kumaru.
2: Yeah, I have that. Well, that's going to yeah. be, yeah, that's like going to be making a lot of stuff out of this year because I have a lot of it. So hmm. I'm just going to be relying on that. And, but it's like, it's not the best wood for a lot of things. It's heavy. It's hard to work, you know? But at the same time, though, I'm really tired of reclaimed pine. I'm really yeah. not excited about going out and getting a bunch of dug fur with a nail every six inches. So I'm, I am looking for alternative sources. Like, I might just go... I might just go to the restore and go to Salvation Army and stuff and just buy dining tables all winter. Yeah. Just buy it. You know, oh, 50 bucks All right, I'll buy that dining table It's flat and it's maple. You know. Yeah. Yep. And you'll turn it into a thousand dollars. Yeah, I have no problem with that. That's that's, you know. You know, I'll buy the ugly ones, you know. I mean if it looks like something that's not too dated or you know, I'll leave it there for someone. But
0: we, we always seem to come back to that. There's definitely an art to reclaiming one of the rules, one of the things you need to learn, one of the the golden thing is learn when something is a an antique it is valuable right, and not right. so much because you're interested in the money but it's like sometimes there is there's historic value to it as well that you don't want to make a step stool out of a you know a, a queen anne style you know secretary just because there's a little chip out of the back or something mm-hmm. so knowing yep. knowing what's valuable in an antique is important as opposed to what's just old
1: well, yeah. Let me ask you this, cause I, and I don't want to turn this into the topic of the podcast because I think we've covered it a little bit. But my question is, Tim sees a table at the ReStore, at the thrift store, whatever it is. It's now, for some reason, his responsibility to be able to identify this as an antique. Because if he didn't yeah. buy it, if he didn't buy it, then this would have gone to some family that would have just used it as a table and had no idea and...
0: Let, let, let me clarify a little bit. Uh, I'm not talking about going to the ReStore, but how often do you have um, when your family gives you uh, an old piece of furniture? It's really, it's worthless. It's just something instead of at a garage sale, it might be 30 years old, but it's still, it's pretty much just a, a 70s end table that you can see a thousand of them. But grandma gives you something that is valuable. So that's what I'm saying. Just be, be wary well, of it. At at the ReStore, you're probably going to just find old furniture. Because they are We talked know. about that. Yeah, it's old. It's 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 no good. But I mean, just you come across something. It's not your responsibility. Just be wary. That's all. You have okay. you have something that your cousin gives you. Turn it into something better. Grandma gives you something.
1: You Take know, a look. That,
0: yeah, don't smash that china just because you want to make a mosaic.
1: Right. I get you. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> save you save know- the fine bone for something good.
2: Get, uh, a quick story though it does happen. It was a long time ago, but I was uh, I had an ex girlfriend. She was at a Goodwill, and I told her carte blanche. I'm like anything up to fifty bucks. that's a musical instrument that looks like it's worth it. Like you know, like she knew enough, and and I, I think I told her twenty bucks. You know, I was like just buy it. You know, and so she comes home. She's got a trumpet, and uh, it's not this one that I play. Uh, this is a long time, and um, she's like it was more than the twenty. It was thirty five dollars, but I thought it looked really cool. And uh, you know, and so I bought it, and I'm like, oh, I like, I've always wanted a trumpet. Yeah, you know, and so I'd look at of the valves and frozen. I got my pliers on, and I'm pulling the mouthpiece out, and trying to get this thing to work. I'm busting the, you know, hitting it with a hammer to get the valves out. You know, get the valve oil, in, get it all working, get it all moving, put the mouthpiece in. And you guys have heard me play trumpet for about 80 of these episodes, so you know I can't play trumpet. And I blow one note into this thing, and the sky turned blue, and angels started singing.
0: <laughs> like, and I just.
2: Uh, I just blow one note, and I, and I just like, uh, oh, and I, and I I put it down on the bed, and I was like, this is not, I don't deserve this trumpet, this doesn't belong, and, you know, and this is like kind of before the internet, so it wasn't really easy to, the internet was young, it wasn't really easy, so I went to a, a horn shop uh, in a couple towns over, and I brought it in, and it was a Martin committee, and it was the only trumpet that Miles Davis would ever play, the only brand, um, and the guy gave me 600 bucks for it. Wow. As is. <laughs> Wow, hammer so, dents and all, yeah, yeah, well, no, I didn't put any dents in it, but, um, but uh, it was i, I could have, is my point, like I didn't actually but, mess it up, you know, I was I mean, I've been messing around with instruments long enough to know that uh, to not dent it, but I shouldn't have been doing it the way I was doing it now that I know right. it, you know
0: yeah. let me let me wrap this up, and we'll 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 figure this out, what season was it when I got the trumpet,
2: yeah. It was season nineteen ninety, I don't know. That's what it was. It was season three of Seinfeld. Yeah, about that. <laughs> that's what it was. Well done, boys. Well done. Yeah. And I I don't think I was wearing a coat. <laughs> I don't know.
1: That's that's how we do. Yeah. Okay, so let's see here. Um what are we uh, what are we watching? Let's see. Uh, Bill,
0: you go first. What are you watching? Well, it's not so much what I'm watching, Phil. It's what I'm giving my attention to that's worthwhile. Oh, God. That just... I Ew, I feel icky now. I'm sorry. I want to take that all back. Uh, No, what I'm listening to, I I got tagged on uh, social media, and it was some guy that has a podcast, and his name is Steve House, and he's a blacksmith, and he's uh he has a, a, a Moonshine Metalworks. But he partnered up with uh Mr. Rob Huns, who is a woodworker and now has uh Burt's Wood Shack and I figured it out all on my own that Rob is the first part of Robert, right? So Burt's Wood Shack, huh? Oh uh, huh. that's right? clever. Yeah. I, I didn't anyway, get it. Anyway, yeah. so th- yeah, these two came up with a podcast and it's called Fools with Tools, and they are a couple of they are a couple of boys from across the pond. And they have an amazing, amazing chemistry. They could talk about earthworms for an hour, and it's just they literally are having such a genuine conversation. It was amazing. So I'm—they're uh, only on episode four. I would love everybody to check it out. We're back again to where how many podcasts can we have out there? Not enough. I don't think enough. When when good ones come out there, I hats off, man. Hats off. So these guys—you uh, got a woodworker and a blacksmith—and they just. Talk about stuff, and it's good stuff that they talk about, and it's fun, and it gets a little, uh, a little, uh, 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 racy, shall we say? Gets a little blue. That's the expression. Uh, is that what it is? I yeah. just there's like there was like three curse words in the whole podcast, but it was so ingrained into the conversation, it's like, wait a minute, did he just cuss? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was awesome. So it's in other words, there's nobody, you know, beeping you in the background, Phil. But uh, so no, it's uh, FWTPodcast.com is their website. You can find all of their socials and everything from there. And it just so happens uh, Tim got a shout out episode two, I believe it was. Uh, I didn't, I didn't uh, care for that episode is I haven't listened to it yet, but I got a shout out <laughs> the last episode and it was an amazing episode and there was a lot of love And I just thank you, boys. Uh, Steve, Rob, you guys are amazing, and what a great podcast! Uh, check it out, everybody. FWD podcast.com, Fools with Tools, and I think they're on iTunes now and all the SoundClouds and everything we need. So, Fools with Tools, Uh, and that also describes most makers that I know.
1: No comment. So i uh, i did i did catch that podcast and then and then they uh, i commented on it i think on Instagram and then <laughs> and then i totally misread a situation where you uh, replied back to me and they said yeah Phil you're the only one we haven't and then i just filled in the rest in my head with hasn't been on so i'm like sure i'll be on no problem <laughs> and then they're like. Uh, and because they're British, they were super polite. So as it turns out, I'll be making a guest appearance on this show tomorrow.
0: <laughs> they were just trying to say, out of reclaimed audio, Phil, you're the only one we haven't given a shout to. And he invites himself on the show.
1: Right. So I basically bullied myself, you know, to having tea and crumpets with these two gentlemen tomorrow. I mean, how
0: come you're giving after... me
2: the ego thing all the time? Like, I have some ego. It's a, It's uh, the Wonder Boy over here that's just, like, taking over the podcast scene.
0: <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah, I, 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 I I'm, I'm kind of done with you now, Tim. I'm gonna have to start focusing my ego attention on uh, Mr. Mr. P- should we say Pinske?
1: No, we definitely should not say that. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> but but you realize that it's kind of a self fulfilling prophecy to accuse me of having a big ego and then focusing on it.
0: No, because that's like that's like when you two were talking about stuff I don't understand most of the time, and I don't I don't get that, and it sounds like I don't want to get it, so. Not,
2: not to go back to Star Trek, but in the original series, there was the one where they had the robot women, the Harry Muds, and they said to them, everything I say is a lie. And then their brains started spinning until they blew up. And that's what Bill looked like when he said that. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That, that's called a circular reference.
0: Yeah. An endless loop. Yeah. Can, can, I, can I clarify that, though? Because I do remember that. You said they had that episode about women, you know, Harry Mudd. The women were not Harry Mudd. No,
2: Harry Mudd was... He had all the women robots he made that were like his... Right. Same, he so.
0: was like a, a, a an E.T. A that designer. had
2: powers. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, Mr. Mudd. He, he was in several episodes, that Harry Mudd. He was. He was in the Trouble with Tribbles. Trouble with Tribbles. One of the best. Yeah.
1: That made an appearance on a whole bunch of different later episodes. Like... Uh like DS9
2: had tribbles in it and so yep. did enterprise every star trek after has had at least one tribble in it i think and maybe not the movies but oh yeah
1: no you're right cuz next generation had
2: it also yep
0: yeah
1: interesting huh i, I didn't even put that I together
0: actually, i had one as a kid it um, better be they one were a toy discovery. at one time oh yeah there was there they were a toy that if you sh- uh, you shake them the movement would cause them to vibrate See? so like they were purring that's awesome and no, yeah, I, I think I, you're I, mistaking that. If this, you find or... one of those at Goodwill,
2: do not turn it into something else. Mail it yeah. to me. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right. No, Phil, I promise you, if you Google a uh, Tribble Toy, they were out, I'm guessing I was probably 10, so 30, 40, 40, 40 years ago. That would be the resurgence because I'm sure the show they existed. out. Here it is I right just here. Think
2: Star Trek. Inter- oh, they, they make them. They're making new ones, too.
1: I'm sure they existed. I just think Bill's mistaking them for a hairless version called the Pet Rock. And he just shook them.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Here's adorable furry beasties from the Final Frontier, plush tribbles from the Star Trek TV series, makes sound effects on jostled, keep away from Klingons. Twenty four ninety nine on uh, you Think. Tell me what to do with my toy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> now you know um, what Tim's getting for Christmas.
2: Uh, no, you don't want to make it. Just gonna... Well,
0: I'm going to make one, and just remember, I have three cats, and we have to sweep uh, constantly. I'm allergic. That's disgusting. Don't, don't mail okay. that to me,
2: Tim. What are you watching? I am looking at thinkkeet.com, Star Trek Interactive Triple. Okay, what are you really want? <laughs> oh, you mean other than write this instant? Uh, yeah, uh, I wanted to give a shout out to my man, Mr. James at the Hacksmith. Uh, the Hacksmith is a huge YouTube channel. They have like 1.6 million subscribers and he's one of these guys he's like an engineer and he uh takes stuff that is in science fiction movies mm-hmm. like um ba- a lot of it is like like tony stark stuff like iron man and he recreates wow. it he actually makes it work so like anything you see in like one of these like cool movies like a like the captain america shield that he can like throw it and it comes back he made like a magnetic version of it where the shield comes like flying back at you and cool he made he made um the, you know the wrist jets that iron man has that put him on he made some kind of yes Strapped on his wrist, once we could fly up in the air. So he has uh, some of his videos have gone viral. He's got this huge channel, and he was the other guy picked by Bosch for uh, this art prize thing. So he had the idea was that Bosch, you know, their whole concept was to show like the relationship between art and science, and they wanted uh, two projects: one that was more like science bent, and one that was more art bent. And so I was the arts guy; he was the science guy, and he had made a, um, a a never ending gear machine um and it's not technically never and what it is is a gear reduction that comes down so the the last gear is going to take 10,000 years to turn it's like 90 trillion to 1 is the gear ratio wow. um and the first gear is powered <clears throat> by a by a bosch i know right it's hard to put your brain on so the first gear is powered by a bosch drill and then this goes through this gear reduction down to the last gear is, uh, will turn in about, you know, 10,000 years. And so you can squeeze the trigger on this boss drill and speed them up. But really, if you sat there for days holding this trigger, like tripling up the speed, all you're going to do is maybe shave off a year from, like, these 10,000 years, you know what uh-huh. I mean? So, and then there's other gears. You can, like, pull levers and interact other gears so kids can play with it and stuff. You know, again, STEM education to get kids involved. And you watch these gears are painted bright colors. So, that's in the museum or the gallery, rather, like, right across from my piece. If you go to the Hacksmith's channel, you can see a video where he explains this thing and you can see it. And I'm sure he'll be doing another video, too, because I think he's supposed to, you know, after the event like I am. Uh, and it was really neat to see. And it was—he uh, was a super nice guy. Him and his partner. Um, there's two guys that that do this stuff. They're both—they're Canadian. They're from Ontario, I believe. Um, Sweet. They're Canadian. Yeah, the Canadian. Yep. And, uh, oh, Andy was homeschooled, I found out, which I thought was super cool. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, it makes sense. And uh, super just, they're just these engineers, they went to engineering school, and they're like, we don't want to get jobs in cubicles doing boring
0: stuff. We want to be superheroes. And <laughs> So yeah. they're
2: just like making superhero stuff. It's pretty awesome, you know.
0: So home, just to clarify, homeschool does not mean you dropped out of school and just stayed home. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, what are you watching? Can we make, can we
1: come up with a noise where I'm shaking my head? Wait, think we have a, one. Think about an instrument.
0: There it is. (laughs) I was thinking more like a penny in a tin can, but that's me.
1: I am watching... uh, Matt Estlay, or Estlea. I I don't know. Um, Anyways, so we talked last (laughs) week about how I am mostly a woodworker, or yada yada. Anyways, I really like woodworking, and this guy, um, he's British, and he's young, and... uh, his channel is very slick, and sometimes it's review of tools, sometimes it's how to, but it's a little bit more long form. Like, he does, he's not shy to do a 30 minute video on how to reduce tear out when using a hand plane. So, I, I enjoy that sometimes. Like, I'll be done my night at 11 o'clock, and I want to just have a snack and chill out and watch something a little bit more long form, and uh. You know, and, and I watched this one video last night, but I've seen a bunch of them. Uh, and he is, he's terrific. So I really enjoyed that.
2: Hmm, great.
1: And that's all I have to say about that, as, you know, Forrest uh, Gump would say. Forrest Gump would say, exactly. Stupid is as stupid does. Um,
0: Life okay. is like a box of chocolates. Yeah, oh, you pretty he's, much he's know what that. you're
1: going to get. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So let's give it the old rappy <laughs> rap here. Uh, on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, I am Phil Pinsky. Check out ironandsoul.com. dot uh, com. The presale is almost done. Thank you so much for your support. I should be getting my inventory in a couple of weeks, and I am super thrilled. Um, if you want to get in on that presale to guarantee, you know, the first uh, round of of s- inventory, then by all means, and you know, it's just, there's still some stuff available.
2: Phil, if I proceed with the square and make a metric version. Uh, would you be interested in being my exclusive Canadian uh,
0: distributor? Not to put you on the spot on a podcast or anything, but
1: well, there, there is really no way I would say uh, anything other than, of course. Of okay. Course I would. Yeah. Okay. You, after,
2: you can. You can. We can find some reason to get you out of it after the podcast is over. <laughs> no. No. I just. I, I was just thinking that because that would be the way to. To do Cl- it, to mail a box, of course. In a mailbox to Clearly, you're into this whole consignment
1: thing, so that's the way. Consign- that's the way we'll do <laughs> that. <laughs>
2: that's the consignment's the new getting rich. I don't know. <laughs> that's right.
1: That's right. You just got to buy you. The supplier pays for the inventory. It's brilliant. No, but we'll figure something out. I'm. I would be honored to do it. Um. Okay. And WilliamLutz.com. Thank you to Justin Sparks for that. TimSway.net. Thank you to Jason Payne. Contact us for show topics, suggestions, feedback, all that great stuff. Um, info at com or hit us up on Twitter at Reclaimed Audio. And you know what? We get a lot of these things through our own personal social medias. So, you know, feel free to continue doing that. Um, you know, I just got a really good one, actually, um, that I want to talk to you guys about afterwards I think would be a lot of fun. Um, iTunes reviews. I uh, would love to get some more of these bad boys going because... Uh, Apple is changing their algorithm, and it's really, really important to jump in right now with as many reviews as possible. So please take the time to do that.
2: Is that bogus uh, or is that real? Is that just like a sales pitch?
1: No, that's real. Okay. That's real. You tell Most me of that. what so, I say so is real.
0: So let's encourage everybody. Everything you he written says us is, is a review. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's, that's not really true. If you haven't written, written us a review,
0: lie. folks, do it. Do it, do it. Do it for the love of Canada.
1: That's not going to help anything. Don't, don't do that For the love of America If you enjoy freedom And the freedom to talk about freedom Leave us an iTunes review I enjoy those freedoms Well then, you have a responsibility, sir To exercise that freedom (laughs) And other such freedoms Patreon.com Slash reclaimed audio The absolute best way To, uh, you know, keep three jerks on the air those are those are us. That's what I'm talking about. Us.
2: <laughs> oh, this podcast.
1: This podcast okay, is what okay. I meant to just say make about sure. that. Just make sure. Somebody 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 very, very smart who I um respect greatly just called us the car talk of maker podcasts.
0: Hang on. No way.
1: Yeah.
2: That was if you remember, Phil, in our, one of our earliest conversations about this podcast, that was my goal. Really? Yes. Well, Life life Achievement Unlocked. That was why I said we should we should get Bill, and I'm still sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> but there was always one dumb brother in a car talk, and that was what made it special.
1: I just assumed we were the Bob Hope Show, and I was the one brother, and you were Daryl, and it's my other brother, Daryl. brother, Daryl. <laughs> That's right.
2: Bob Newhart. Bob
0: Newhart, Newhart not Newhart. Bob Hope. Yeah. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. Bob's. Yeah. Bob the dumb Hope. one figured that out for you. Yeah, well, it because we're going Derek. back in time.
2: That's why. <laughs> <laughs> it's the '70s and '80s. I used to watch that. I think I loved that show.
0: Yeah,
2: he had it that just dry, was, okay,
0: Bob, hold on now, real quick dry before wind. we go. Bob Newhart had like 89 shows. Was it the Bob Newhart show? Was it Newhart? Newhart. Was it Newhart?
1: Newhart. New okay.
2: Yeah.
0: And yeah. you know, you know who one of his
2: best friends is? Is um, who was the guy? Uh, uh, Rickles, Don Rickles, Don, Don like, total Rickles. wise yeah. guy, yeah. like just rip everybody. You know, anti-Semitic jokes and all this stuff he used to do, all the That's racist jokes, and absolutely him and, him o-
0: opposite and, comics. They yeah. were like
2: they were like best buds because their wives yeah. got along, so they used to go on vacation together, That's and they, so they, they funny. got along great. Yeah,
1: he was anti-Semitic. He was a well, no,
2: but he would. I know, but he would say all those I, like. I, anti-Semitic yeah. jokes because he was Jewish because it was at it the funny. time yeah yeah I yeah. get you and, uh, and he would also did you ever hear some of his early stuff he had this wrap up he used to do at the end of his his bit and then it got to the point where everybody knew who he was so he didn't have to do it anymore but he would go out there and he'd do all that racist stuff for like 45 minutes and he had this very simple like 30 second like we have to laugh and we have to love together thing he used to say back in like the 60s and he'd say thank you good night, and he just and it was like all that stuff that he said he could just erase it with this one line it was just right. so beautiful
0: so well, beautiful. that's where that's where we got to learn that comedy is is uh, kind of no holds barred. If it's comedy and it's meant from the heart, it's just it's just people trying to be funny. Don't take yeah, it as a It's personal. satire. Yeah,
2: love it. Timing.
0: Speaking of timing, we <laughs> should be out. ending our podcast.
1: <laughs> Interrupting cow. And on that note, <laughs> <laughs> I wish you a great week, guys. Have a good one. Right, be good. Bye, everybody.
2: Tim, say be good. I did. I said be good. Say it louder. Be good. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Or else.